episode 238 of the All the Book Show. Recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, audio news, audio news. I said audio news. I don't Thank know you what very you much. Said. Yeah, everything you've said has been a little off. Did I say audio news? Yeah, you did. So after I got, I said audio news wrong. Yeah. And then I made sure I, you knew I said audio, audio news. news. You yeah. just didn't correct me. I guess I thought maybe you were trying to lean into it. Book news, author news. Yeah. And literary news. Literary news, yep. Boy, I still can't do the intro. That's okay. I'm Eric Mickles. I'm Nick Gunning. I'm the one doing the intro. I'm the one flabbergasted. Always critiquing the intro. (laughs) That's Nick. Always a... I'd be mad, but that's fair. Always intro, never the introer. Yeah. So, okay. That's a a DJ at a wedding. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because the DJ, he's he's already done like five weddings. He's like, always the introer, never the intro. I've been to some weddings with some supremely bad DJs. Mm. Have you? Sure. There's one who kept trying to get the uh, the electric slide oh, yeah. going, and people weren't doing it, and he was he just stopped the music. He was like, okay, all right, everybody line up over. It was terrible. Yeah. It yeah. was really bad. Yeah. But we're not talking ha- about wedding DJs yeah. today. Have you had a bad wedding DJ, though? Call in. Yeah. In the next 15 yeah. minutes, we're going to be taking oh, your wow. calls. We oh, want to hear wow, about wow. your... Yeah, the phone lines are lighting okay, up. Okay, Nick, take that call. <laughs> you know what? Instead, maybe we should talk about author Gary Paulson today. That is kind of a segue from... Wedding DJs. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit of a... It's a pivot. It's yeah. a pivot. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Gary Paulson. featuring Gary Paulson's book, Woods Runner, as part of our Revisiting the Founding Era grant. Eric's doing a book club with some hip teens talking about this book. So we thought we'd just take a look at <laughs> Gary Paulson, the whole package. The whole package the whole that whole is package. Gary Paulson. But before we do that, why don't we hop in with some bookmark? Book, 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 into the old bookmark jacuzzi. That's right. Are you ready to talk about uh, bookmark? Yep. Things? All right. The jacuzzi is on. The water's bubbling. It's nice and warm. Get on your swim trunks and jump in. It's time for the bookmark jacuzzi. Look, I like your enthusiasm, so I don't really... All right, Nick. Hey, why don't you tell me what you've read before that uh, jacuzzi makes all those book pages too wet to I read? Will. Well, I read Robert B. Parker's Wonderland, as I was mentioning last episode. This is by Ace Atkins. Uh, the second of his Spencer books is he took over after the late Robert Parker mm-hmm. passed. And I really didn't like it. But the right. reviews online are weirdly positive. So yeah, maybe that be. happens. Remember how many people love the Institute? It's got like 4.3 on Goodreads. I will never understand that. It's like... Bunch of psychic kids it's are like, locked up in Maine, controlling those people to write those good reviews. I know that's that to me is bizarre. Yeah, I read several graphic novels, mm, and I shall yeah. proceed to tell you about. Sweet, them. yeah, do so. Do you want any? Uh, you want some Coca Cola, Pepsi? I would love that. All right, let me pass it over. Do you really have some? Yeah, to go with the jacuzzi setting. <laughs> okay, you wait. You would drink it like a can of soda in a jacuzzi. Well, drink it. Don't like drink it over the jacuzzi, please. That's weird. My parents will kill me that if you get Pepsi so in this strange. jacuzzi. I read Billy Batson. And the Magic of Shazam, okay. Mr. Mind <laughs> Over Matter. This is volume two of the Art Baltazar and Franco series. Just, it is so weird. You just went back to reading Shazam? I did because we got a cool Shazam interview lined up. <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm in the zone yeah. uh, about Shazam now. In the coming weeks, we're going to be interviewing Mr. John Davey, the actor who played Captain Marvel slash Shazam in the 1970s uh, Saturday morning show Shazam, which is tons of fun. Uh, so we're going to yeah. be talking to Mr. Davey in a couple weeks here, yeah. but... Billy Batson and the Magic of Shazam, Volume 2, Mr. Mind Over Matter, is so bizarre because, you know, Art, Art Baltazar. How bizarre? Art Baltazar and Franco. I mean, you know their stuff. You, you've seen they've, all of these graphic novels sure. that they do. The imagery is just so, like, cartoony and little kid-like, but mm-hmm. this actually was kind of, like, dark. Mm, and so it was yeah. just such a weird... Big Disney eyes, but also past the heroin pipe. You're not that far <laughs> off. You're really not that far off, is the <laughs> <Okay>. thing. <laughs> 
But the first volume of this series is pretty cool. And then when it switches to Franco and Art Baltazar, mm-hmm. I just don't think it can find the tone it's going mm. for. So I don't really recommend these. Sorry. Um, I do really like Jeff John's Shazam, if you want to take Shazam! a look Shazam! Or Elliot S. Magan's Shazam. Shazam! Uh, I read Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, Volume 3, Quest for Hope. Mm. This was fine, but the Green Lantern Corps, mm-hmm. everyone feels a little samesy to me. How dare and you? And this was more of the samesy. So. Really? So, so everybody's going around saying poozer? Pretty much, yeah. Really? Finally, I read He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, Why? Origins of Eternia. Why? I've been watching the show with my son. The original? Yeah. Like the original Hades one. Yeah. So there's no like new reboot. I know. Well, okay. well, there was a Cartoon Network reboot a couple years ago. Okay. But you're watching the old one with your son. Which I've never seen before. Right. I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was a kid. Oh. So. Yeah. But we're having a good time with it and I just don't know anything about He-Man. So. You're going to get the old 80s toys now for him? He, if I could find them, he would love it. He's all about Orko, so Orko's the wizard thing. He's yeah, the little like little fly thing <laughs> that yeah. everybody hated. He loves no. He's not like a schnarf. It's not a schnarf <laughs> Thundercat situation. Schnarf. So don't. Yeah. Did you ever see somebody made a Thundercats trailer, but they used like actual footage from other things, and they just like photoshopped. So they took Brad Pitt from Troy. Oh, I have. Like, yes, yeah. I have seen that. And they took Garfield from the live action Garfield movie and made him snarf. Yeah. That's it. We should share that on Twitter because right. that is that is priceless. <laughs> Snarf. Um, but this was kind of weird. It was like this whole this whole this is technically volume two of the He Man and the Masters of the Universe series. But, but you reading this just by yourself? Yeah, it's not with a, your son. It's just yeah. Jeff Johns wrote the first one. You know, huh. I mean, it's all. But this was kind of a weird volume. It was like each each issue was just an origin story of a of a He Man character, like uh-huh. a man at arms, and Orko got his own. You know. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, like when so, C-3PO gets uh, a story. Right. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. The one about his, his red arm, though. Is, so sad. It's very sad. Yeah. It's, it's very sad. sad. It's, yeah. And my wife and I were just playing the Lego Force Awakens game, mm-hmm. and you can do that level, and the level makes it kind of goofy, and I was like, no, this story is serious, <laughs> and it's so sad. <laughs> who who prints out the He-Man comics? Um, well, these are what? all on the DC app. Oh. So DC has the rights. Warner Brothers. Yeah. I also read... A while back, I read the He-Man Thundercats right. crossover, which was fun. Are you and your son going to watch the Masters of the Universe live-action 80s movie? With Dolph Lundgren? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> That's it for me, though. All right. How you feeling? You want me to turn up the heat or like lower the bubbles on this bookmark jacuzzi? I'm actually getting a little overheated. So really? Can, All right. I'm gonna, have, I'll, I'll turn off the heat. I can have another can of Coca-Cola in this imaginary <laughs> okay. jacuzzi. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah. New? I no, mean, I'm doing all right in this thing. Yeah, I are. keep the bubbles keep going up my bathing suit, and then it looks like I've just got this big puffy That's bathing funny. suit. That's classic. So yeah. then, when all the bubbles come out, it wasn't me. It was the bubbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. jacuzzi makes the bathing suit bubbly. This is a weird bit, but I'm here for it. So. <sighs> anyway, I'm still reading Altered Carbon. Still really, really re- liking it. I'm watching the anime series Gungrave, which will be added into the library collection very soon. Oh. And it's certainly not waiting for me to finish that. Okay. <laughs> the show. What is what is Gungrave? I don't know anything about it. Uh, it's an anime series slash video game. Oh. It's a crime anime where he's following these the two childhood friends as they go up. One of them is like this very quiet hitman who's very loyal to the organization. And one is Harry McDowell, not a nice guy who's making sure he's at the top. And maybe he makes some choices that wreck that friendship. And now a certain person is like an undead gunslinger. Wow. So <laughs> a lot going on. Yeah. Gungrave. Yeah, Gungrave. Gungrave. It was a PS2 action game that I never played. Gungrave sounds like like John Gungrave. Mm-hmm. You know one of I mean? the characters is... Like, like is, a 1950s... One of the characters is retitled show. Beyond the Grave. Oh. That's the name of the character. Like a Beyond Like, look out. Beyond the Grave is coming. Huh. Oh, hey, Beyond the Grave. How's it going? Is that true? Yeah. I don't like that. All right. It's just, okay. the, it's just the genre, I All guess. Right. 
Should we take a look at some book news? I thought I was reading something. Oh, I've got to start reading uh, Dread Nation. Yes, by Justina Ireland, Yes, who we are also interviewing in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. So we've got a full slate. All right, um, let's let's get into some book news, shall we? Yeah, I'm going to turn off the jacuzzi now that we're done with bookmark. I think you probably should. All right. I think you probably should. Well, um, first we have some sad news to report. Uh, Clive Cussler, uh, author of, of more than 80 books, uh, passed away at the age of 88. So most well-known for his Dirk Pitt novels. Um Rem- has Numa remained files, a yeah. fixture on the bestseller list. Yeah, um, still putting out hardcovers. Uh, I know. I know. There's uh, at least one coming out still. Yeah. So um, he's been co-writing with his son. Yeah. Dirk Kessler. Yeah. For a yep. bit. Uh, writing his writing period was 1973 all the way up through the present and i was looking into this trying to see like surely i have read a clive cussler i've seen the movies or mm-hmm. nothing i have i have nothing to add to this Sorry, unfortunately man. what about you i've read the mediterranean caper which is the first dirk pitt i believe so yeah yeah and it, I mean, it was definitely from the early seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it has that vibe throughout it. J- so, is like James Bondy, or uh, was it like? I mean, a caper. So he is more like James Bondy in his uh, certain ways. Oh, like Sean treating, Connery. Yeah, James he's Bondy? a bit more okay. Sean Connery, James Bondy, the way you. he treats the opposite you. sex. But it's capery. I know that like the Titanic one, the Raise the Titanic is a big one. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, which was made into a movie, mm-hmm. which I have not seen. Yeah, I've seen uh, Sahara. The one with Steve Zahn. I, I don't Matthew think, McConaughey. I don't think anybody was super happy with that I think one. Clive Cussler actually had to like sue them uh, yeah, for I, some issues. I think that was so a, yeah. they wanted to make like a se- series a and stuff. Situation. But but many series. I think Dirk Pitt, like I said, is probably the most well known. Twenty five books in that series. He was eighty eight years old. Yeah, yeah. Seventeen in the Numa Files series. He always knew. Fourteen in the Oregon Files. Yeah. So Isaac Bell series, Fargo Adventures. He always knew books. you were looking at a Clive Cussler book by I the know. cover. I know. That's I guess that's that's what I have. Yeah. We have a lot to reminisce about that yeah. because especially when we were doing more advanced an iceberg notices. and a ship. And maybe there's a plane yeah. that's on fire and heading into a tornado. Yeah. And also maybe like... Smashing into a train full of Nazi gold. <laughs> yes. You know? It, the, the artist working on the Clive Custer novel is like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's why I maybe feel more connected to Clive Cussler than yeah. I actually am. The, because the, the covers of those books, they just were so action and adventure, yeah. old school like Indiana Jones style yeah. thing. That very you, pulpy. You very just pulpy. look at those covers like. I've, I can already imagine exactly and what's the, going on at this. You know, the thing that makes those stand out so much is that there's n- nobody else does that. That's true. There's no, yeah. You can't look at another, yeah. like... But I also... I, I, you can't look at another series and, and, mm-hmm. and mistake it for a Clive right. Kessler book. Definitely. There's never people on these covers either. No. It's always the vehicles <laughs> yes. on fire yes. in some capacity. Yeah. In some location, they, they are not safe to be if doing there's that. there's not an open flame yeah. on one of these covers, you yeah. did something wrong. Driving down the pyramid. <laughs> but I also can't really think of a, a comparable... Like in the genre, I can't think of another because they're like, they're like pure adventure. Yeah, you know, it's always been my understanding that mm-hmm. they're just like pulse pounding adventure. Yeah, just like fun books. Did you read? Uh, he one did a whole bunch of like underwater ship ex- explorations. Yeah, and he was he's wrote, written several nonfiction. He's yeah, helped like Hunters. discover sixty mm-hmm. of them. Yep, including like the first ironclad used yep. by the Confederacy mm-hmm. in the Civil War. He's it's got crazy. he's got the Sea Hunters, true adventures with famous shipwrecks. Mm-hmm. He's got Sea Hunters two, diving the world seas for yep. famous shipwrecks. Yeah. yeah, it's like him and James Cameron were racing to see who could see I most so. of the ocean. I guess so. Yeah. Anyway, so we were sad to hear about the passing of Clive Cussler. Yeah. We have many, many, many of his books. We got a nice display up here mm-hmm. in the library, so stop in and check that out. Yeah. Uh, what do we got for you? Want to talk New York Times bestseller? I sure do. I got the young adult young hardcover. Adult. Okay. Always fun to visit the young adult hardcover section of the New York Times bestsellers list. I'm hoping today is no exception. Me too. 
Number 10, Five Feet Apart by Rachel Lippincott and Mike Dautry and Tobias Econ. Why three people? I don't know. Uh, Stella and Will are in love, but they can't get within five feet of each other. Played by Jughead. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. he's like, I can't get within five feet of this hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> that Jughead's never even looked at a hamburger That's on true. Riverdale. That, that Jughead on Riverdale I'm hates not food. Hungry. <laughs> 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 I have to stay lean for wrestling. <laughs> Number nine. Yes, no, maybe so. We just did this on our sexy new books. Oh, we did, yeah. Becky L. Batarelli and Aisha Saeed. Oh, this is the one where the, it started with all the stuff about I love Target. Yeah. That's, that's I would adopt the target dog <laughs> and I would treat him like a king. <laughs> What's his name? Spot? Yeah, he's got the little like target logo on his eye. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's that person is writing yeah. Target the Dog right. fan fiction. <laughs> Where do you think it's, I was going? It's a niche market. It's yeah. a niche market. Anyway, that's what the book's about. <laughs> Romance blooms between two unlikely teens while working together on an upcoming local election. Ooh. Number eight, children of don't say ooh, you I read this to you. <laughs> I know. Number eight, Children of Blood and Bone by Tommy Adama, uh, Adahami. Uh, Zali fights to restore magic to the land over Risha. Infinity Sun by Adam Silvera. Twin brothers are caught up in a war between the magical spell walkers and the blood casters. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of like the bloods and the... Blood cr- casters. <laughs> 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 Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That all seems very 90s, right? Yeah. I'm a spell walker. Yeah. I'm a blood caster. Remember the books that... Like the YA books are about... Desert Witch and Ocean Witch and I'm I'm talking uh, Truth uh, Witch. uh, Yeah, Truth Truth Witch, witch, Wind Witch, and Blood Witch. witch. Yeah. Why are you upset with the? I'm not upset with them. I just it was a funny. Yeah. That was all. It was just funny. All right. Cactus Witch. There was no Cactus Witch. Yet. Okay. Uh, Number six, The Queen's Assassin by Melissa De La Cruz. Mm. Caledon Holt and Shadow embark on a dangerous quest and fall in love. Okay. I guess when you do a description like this, I don't know who Shadow or Kaladin are. I don't either. So why does this matter? You're just telling me like two strangers you've never heard of go on a quest. Cool. The Hate You Give at number five, 156 weeks on the list by Angie Thomas. 16-year-old girl sees a police officer kill her friend. Four, One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus. (gasps) For five students, a detour into detention ends in guess what? What? More detention. Oh, no. And murder. Oh, no. It was like in The Breakfast Club where he keeps uh, making him take more. You want more? You got it. Yeah. Making the detention more and more and more. Yeah. Yep. And then finally he snaps and kills the kids. I actually had a situation. Well, it stopped short of murder, but I did have a situation like that when I was in sixth grade where I kept being like, you want more detention? And it kept amping up by 15 minutes. Uh-huh. It was a big detention by and, the end. And you were just like, Okay. So what? You're just too cool for school in this situation? (laughs) Everyone's like, whoa, Nick's out of control. (laughs) Again, you're you're pretty right. After after class where people are like, man, Nick, he just kept going. Can I buy you a drink? (laughs) I don't think anybody offered to buy me a drink. Can I buy you a chocolate milk? uh, Yes. (laughs) Can I get you a Coke Classic? Because Classic is back. Yeah, it's back. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I assume at that time. 90s were a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. What else uh, we got? Number three, Children of Virtue and Vengeance by Tommy Hadami. Uh, Zali must stop to th- a threat to the Civil War in Arisha. Number two, One of Us is Next, Karen M. McManus. Hmm. In the sequel to One of Us is Lying, a deadly game of truth or dare via text now plagues the students of Bayview High. Bayville? What is Bayville High? Are you thinking of like Bayview from 
Saved by the Bell? That's what it is. Okay. But this place is called Bayview as well. Interesting. Do you think this is like a crossover? No, no it's Bayside. Bayside? Ooh, I almost made a terrible mistake <laughs> on the internet. It's Bayside. Sorry. Bayside is a school that's cool. Yeah. And you know that How many it's times true? did you play Truth or Dare as a kid? A lot. Yeah. All right. That's, that's it. it. I was it just never, wondering. It never ended in like a murder situation. All right. Truth or Dare? Uh, dare. I dare you to murder someone. <laughs> no, I must. <laughs> the integrity of the dare must be... <laughs> Number one, a good girl's guide to murder. What the frick? I don't is know. everybody murdering people today? Yes. yes. Goodness, by Holly yes. Jackson. This is the craze. You asked me, like the craze. Remember? And I was like, it's it's taking that like girl on a train. Teen murder. Uh like that kind of schlocky murder that's been going crazy in the adult sections yes. for mm-hmm. a while. And now it's it's a little late, but here it is in the YA. Wow. It's definitely showed up. Uh, Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. While trying to solve a murder-suicide case for her senior project, Pip now finds her life in jeopardy. Wow. Yeah. Poor Pip. Yeah. All right. Wow. You ready for... Uh, hold on. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Not a, not a ton I, of new stuff on I here. I guess I thought I'd get some energy back from you. All the books presents Author Spotlight. so scary that was sweet <laughs> all right gary paulson uh so i would say most most well known for hatchet hatchet and just the concept of the like outdoorsy coming of age book is sort of his domain sure wouldn't you say i guess yeah that's uh, what i would think you, your history with gary paulson and hatchet is much longer than mine when, when did you read hatchet hmm eighth grade like as a kid so like you were brian's age being like wow i could be this way yeah seventh or eighth grade i had already read my side of the mountain as a kid and the sequel the other side of the mountain what i don't know what those are hmm. well uh, I- my side of the mountain is about a boy who leaves home and goes lives in a wood he carves out uh, a tree to turn that into his like house Ooh. and everything he big tree he finds yeah it was a big tree he finds a peregrine falcon egg and raises the uh raises the chick to be like his partner okay he That's just fun. lives in the woods and uh, takes care of himself. And every now and then he goes back in town. At one point, his dad comes visit and was like, this is great. I mm-hmm. love you. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I was like, oh, I love this. And I read my, The Other Side of the Mountain. Not as good. It's no. him, his, him letting his falcon go. How does it relate to Hatchet? I mean, how does it compare? Well, it's much more of like a... F- it's much more family friendly. I see. It's one you definitely read younger, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I was already like, man, I, I really like My Side of the Mountain. And that like boy against the wilderness mm-hmm. story. Uh, and also, probably even uh, where the red furnace grows has a bit of that. So as like a kid, I was in it. The only thing Hatchet is missing is a dog or a peregrine falcon. True. Yeah. So it has a moose. Yeah. Or is that is is the moose in the first one, or is that in one of the later books? Moose is in Hatchet. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, anyways, I read Hatchet for school either in seventh or eighth grade. Oh, for school, re- yeah. it was like required reading. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember when, but same thing like My Side of the Mountain. I just kind of like ate it up. Yeah. So and looking at it, it's like not huge. Uh huh. So. Have you read any of the others? No. Okay. That's where you got me beat. Oh. Well, my history with Hatchet goes back to the start of this podcast. I don't even remember why, but in the very early days, we were, uh, you were talking about Hatchet a lot, and I was like, what's that? You were like, what's Hatchet? You know why? Why? Because when I first started working here and I was reading uh, some YA books, one of the first books I picked up was Adrift by Paul right. Griffin. Yes. And I thought that was a good book to read after, y- if you've read Hatchet, yeah. it's that kind of survival teen story That's with right. four kids that are like lost on a on just like a canoe or just on a boat out in the water and nobody can find them and they're having to like fight starvation and yeah. exposure and all this stuff and that was when you're like i've never read hatchet yeah shocking 
and that and so then I picked up Hatchet mm-hmm. and I mean I once I like I didn't even it didn't even stand out in my head like what you were talking about but when I saw the book cover and everything mm-hmm. I was like oh okay sure yeah. I've seen this a million times so I just you couldn't read Hatchet up. you had too much attention yeah. that was when everyone I kept else was going Hatchet yeah. I kept going if you keep going you're not gonna read Hatchet you're gonna be in detention so did you know that there were more to the series and you just weren't interested yeah or I, you d- okay. I think I had some experiences as a kid reading sequels to these like really good books mm. and being very disappointed so mm-hmm. I think after reading something like The Other Side of the Mountain I was like I'm not reading Brian's Winter okay so well it, Hatchet has kind of a weird history so after after we did that episode I went out and read Hatchet you read a whole bunch of Hatchets I did yeah and I, I really liked the first one I mean mm-hmm. I was really I was really into it. it it's what five I think it's five books yeah five books mm-hmm. you know have you read anything of Gary Paulson's outside of Hatchet and Woods Runner no okay the no. sequel the sequel is mm-hmm. called Brian's River uh-huh. the river just right. the river the, ri- the river and it's like it's a it's a weird one. It's oh. like he goes with a reporter to like look at where he was right. and uh oh, you know, it's like a rescue from Gilligan's Island situation right. where it's like we're trapped again. Right, yeah. And something happens to his little friend and mm-hmm. he's basically has to get down a river. It's season four of Arrow. Yeah. With a guy who's unconscious but alive, like mm-hmm. a full grown man. Mm-hmm. Who he's gotta drag around and like go down a river. And actually I thought it was it was pretty exciting. If you right. could if you can swallow the fact that like Brian is lost again, uh-huh. uh, it's kind of a fun book. Mm-hmm. Here's where it gets weird. Okay. okay? Yeah. Because books one and two, fine, that's easy. Yep. Right. Sequel. Book three, Brian's Winter, is like a parallel story. It, right. It's like pretend Hatchet ended differently. Uh-huh. And here's where we are. Mm-hmm. So I mean, spoiler alert. So it's basically Terminator Dark Fate. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. In Hatchet, without giving here's another away, thing about Terminator Dark Fate. No, there's there's a thing that happens that leads to Brian getting rescued. Uh huh. I mean, it's a five book series. I so guess we should so tell much listeners this is about Brian Austin Green. <laughs> this whole series, it's not. But I guess we didn't really tell what what the Hatchet. Hatchet is about a boy who's going to visit his father. Yeah. And uh, the in pilot, a small plane. Yeah, the pilot has a heart attack. The plane goes down. Yeah. And it doesn't go immediately down, though, because it's on, like, autopilot. Yeah. And so what happens is he, he doesn't know what to do. And right. so the plane just keeps flying long past where it's supposed to be. It goes way be. off course, and yeah. so nobody is looking yeah. in the right place. Uh, so the, Brian's, uh, what, 12, 13? Yeah, See? something like that. Okay. The plane goes down, and now Brian, Brian has to, like, survive now yeah. this entire time to be found. And mm-hmm. so... All he the the reason it's called hatches because all he's got is a hatchet. Yeah, and I mean he also he goes into the the plane at one point and he gets like some medical supplies and whatnot. But really, it's the hatchet that is going to keep him alive. And so he's got to learn to hunt. He's got to learn to uh, take care of himself. He's got to learn to defend himself against the elements. And it's definitely a book that a l- kids just kind of eat up. I sure did. Yeah, I mean because it's 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 cool because it's not an adult hero. You yeah. know, it's someone who is their age, like mm-hmm. figuring things out and being super cool. Yeah. Listen, the the shadow of Hatchet looms large. Anytime there is a survival story like that one I read, Adrift, there's always going to be somebody being like, "It's like Hatchet," but even that book I read, the one I just read, "I Am Still Alive," about the girl who's stuck in the wilderness because her dad is gone. Mm-hmm. She even references Hatchet. She says, I remember reading a book about a boy who was lost in the woods and all he had was a hatchet. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even that book has to be like, yes, I know Hatchet exists. Yeah. I'm also doing that kind of story. I, see, I don't like that. I don't uh, like when you reference the obvious, you mm. know, like when something's like, it's just like in the Stephen King book. Like, okay, we mm. get it. That's what you're going for. All right, don't read. Don't play Alan Wake then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's this is, this is Hatchet. Brian's just kind of figuring it out. Yep. And it ends 
there's a way for him to I don't know. I don't want to spoil it. Don't want to spoil Hatchet? Yeah. This book we all read as kids? Yeah. Except for you. Fine. fine. <laughs> okay. So he doesn't die and he finds a way to, to yeah. get help. Because of Brian's okay. the river. And then in the river, this is what I'm saying, right. he's, he, they go back to the space, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Wait a second. I have to hatch it again. Brian's winter is weird because mm-hmm. it starts with saying like, so you know how hatchet ends, right? <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. You that know, was dumb. Gary Paulson's basically like, just pretend that... When he does the thing that gets him rescued, he does it, but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so he's stuck in like the Canadian wilderness yeah. for the winter. Mm-hmm. And so that's Brian's and winter. And we will call it Brian's winter. And then the rest of, it, the rest of the books kind of follow this alternate timeline. Hmm. So it's just kind of a strange, it's a strange thing so to do. So this is more like Days of Future Past. Yes. Yes, X-Men exactly. Days of Future exactly. Past rather than Terminator Dark Fate. So in Brian's winter, he's <laughs> now had... He's he's had a long time there when the weather's good, but starts to get cold, and he has to figure out like how to survive through the winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paulson makes a point of saying like if he'd been stranded in the winter to begin with, dead, he'd be dead. So no way. But uh, accepting that he made his way through like the fall, All right, and prepared, that he could probably survive the winter. All right. All right, so that one's also pretty good because uh-huh. it's just a different, yeah. you know, you don't have to be like, well, why is he back there again yeah. or anything like you that. You were making it's up for some lost time with these hatchet books. I guess so, when you, yeah. When you first, this was yeah. like four, I guess this would have been like five years ago when yeah. I read Adrift. So then finally you get to Brian's return and Brian's like, look, this life blows. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want to go back. I've been here for a whole winter. And I have this weird dream of being at the river. Yeah, and so, I mean, basically he just kind of like, goes back and he's older now so he can just kind of be like uh, uh, sorry mom i'm out of here you know oh wait no so you're saying brian's return he's already home he's yes. saying like home life blows yes i thought you were saying like being in the wilderness state yeah. i'm going i'm gonna make my way back home yes. no but okay. here's confusing where i'm not really sure if we're following the river if we're following brian's right winter, but don't get bogged down in it basically brian goes back and has just kind of a another he like, has a my side of the mountain situation in. so yeah, yeah so it's not this one doesn't really I don't Compel. know. It doesn't really have much going yeah. on. Like it's the writing is good, it's enjoyable, but Most it's just kind of like whatever. Yeah. Um cut to a long time later and we end the saga <laughs> with uh Brian's hunt. This one is pretty rough because Brian is really just kind of a know-it-all jerk this whole time. Mm. There's like mountain, you know, mountain rangers and people who's like it's their career and he's like, "Yeah, whatever, princess. I'm going <laughs> to go out here in the woods and do whatever I want." Right. Uh, but but uh, uh-huh. he finds a wounded dog. Finally. And he and the dog have to like survive right. together. About time. There's a whole thing with like he he meets some Cree and they're trying to like forge this relationship. Mm. But it's just he has become such an unflattering character that you just you don't like mm, it. Yeah. So I would say maybe get through Brian's winter and then <laughs> stop after that. And then you're out, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever see yourself reading these again? Maybe. Because you could just pick up Brian's Winter. You wouldn't need to read yeah, the river. Or the river. Yeah, either one. You just pick them all up. Either one yeah. would be fine. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's see. What else have we got here? We got Woods Runner. Yes. We're not talking about Woods Runner? Let's, yeah, let's we both read it. Let's talk Woods Runner. All right. So go. So Brian is now in the Revolutionary <laughs> War. <laughs> Look, that's pretty much true. Uh, no, Wood Runner is about this boy who uh, he lives, um, gosh, where is it? Virginia is where it starts? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he's living in Virginia during the. Uh, foundation era yes of of america his parents are very they seem to be very like the intellectuals like an artsy type they like chess they like enjoying nature from a view they're not really outdoorsy wilderness people but 
the main character, whose name is Samuel, he he basically like lives in the woods. He he knows the woods. He can tell you if if you hear a stick crack, he can tell you if it's a bear, if it's yeah. a moose, if it's a person. Right. He's that in tune. Yeah. Anyway, the Revolutionary War is going on, and his parents get kidnapped mm-hmm. by the British, and so. Or I guess the Redcoats, because at that yeah. point, everybody's right. British. Um, but in conjunction with like Native Americans working with yes, the British. Yeah. Yeah. And so his parents get kidnapped. And so now this boy, who wasn't there during that attack, he is on a journey up from Virginia to New York to yeah. find his uh, his family. So Yeah, he I don't, I don't remember quite how he figures it out that his because m- most of the village is killed. Like he's one of right. the few survivors. He, he can't find his parents. Right. I think he, he sees like footsteps and whatnot. Yeah. And one, he, he gets found by a group uh, later on who says, I saw someone that looked just like you, but older. Yeah. And so he knows his parents right. are on their way That's to New right. York. That's the greatest right. city in the world. Yeah. The so, greatest city in the world. So basically, he, he's, he's going along and he's picking up skills and he's learning to survive and he's mm-hmm. falling in with other travelers and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And there comes a point where it's like, is he going to go where he knows it's safe? Mm-hmm. Philadelphia? Yep. Or is he going to follow the trail of his parents and go to New York, which is like basically British territory mm-hmm. at this point? Redcoat territory. Redcoat territory. Yeah, they were and all British at the same at that time. Yes, thanks. No, Thank no you. Problem. And I think overall the book works pretty well. And it's each chapter has uh, a little section of like historical context. Yeah. So yeah. it it balances out with some nonfiction, which yeah. I think is good. I the think British good weaponry worked like this. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. He's got nothing good to say about the the was it the German soldiers at the, the time? The Hussians. Yeah. That's yeah. Some rough stuff. Yeah. Um, it does feel very hatchety, I've got to say. Yeah, I think... Especially when we get to the ending. The ending feels very much... It's so A to B Yeah, that I felt like... I don't know. It's quick. I feel like there's not a lot of meat on the bones mm-hmm. like with the character or whatnot, but it's also been forever since I read Hatchet, so yeah. maybe it's very similar to all that. Like I wasn't really super intrigued, but I, w- I think kids would dig it. Yeah. Because it is just it's just like that adventure. It's just that it's that tour through it. It's very quick. Yeah. A lot of stuff happens. I mean there's plenty of like action and death. I think it yeah, I think it is. I think you I think you, got, I think you gotta look at it for the, the audience that it's written for mm-hmm. because I was a little I, I found like some of the characterizations should just be a little like, look, this person is noble. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. This person is bad. There yeah. you go. And there's not a lot of like nuance within mm-hmm. that. Everything's very cut and dried, and so for me, it wasn't mm-hmm. a super compelling read. Right. But I think like it is for the age, it would be good. I think this was the first time reading or interacting with Revolutionary War fiction or whatnot, where I was just like, you know what? We we've come to the point now in history where like the Revolutionary War, technologically wise, technological wise, is just so alien. Yeah. At this point, yeah. like even when Paulson's talking about how the weapons work and tactics and all this stuff, I'm like, this is not. This isn't. It feels like it's not even part of history, and it's just so far removed. You know, when you think about like the First World War and how like technology was like changing everything and how but they were still using horses and right, all this right. stuff and just the difference between that and world war ii and then you go revolutionary war it's just like yeah they using guns that can't hit to save you know well i think you'd almost have to make no changes and just say like this is on the planet 12 next seven yeah you know what i mean yeah and it it's would, so it's just so bizarre yeah. I, which is why i think the the historical context yeah. is, is good because yeah. it kind of fills it out for you and yeah it makes you realize just like on. how primitive like it is informative it is, really yeah. is informative yeah i learned some stuff how do you think the uh, the book club's going to react to it do you think you think you'll get a lot of responses Kids are so to it? predictable i know that's true um 
let's see what what stories do we some of it's like? kind of intense i mean yeah. some of the violence and things are yeah it's pretty chilling it might be one of the more intense things yeah that they've read but they they read some pretty impressive stuff mm-hmm. these days just in class uh I'm, I'm hoping they like it yeah i think they will i mean it's got that kind of like educational vibe that like tricks kids into thinking you know how like any world war ii fiction kids book is gonna like do hot business here right it kind of has that vibe like, yeah oh i'm not really learning yeah but well, it's cool. It's it's. I think it's a. It's interesting that it, that it is a revolutionary war and not one of the other things that are so. Uh, yeah. Um, like you said, World War Two. Right yeah. Thank now. goodness. Like for, in the last couple of years, like yeah. adult fiction has been very World War Two heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get a lot of like revolutionary war stuff, yeah. which is why you know it works so well. For yeah. Our we program we had right to. Uh, yeah. We were doing a specifically a program, a book club for kids that had to be a revolutionary war, and yeah. there are some, but like this was one that was like, oh, this looks short enough. Yeah. This looks like we can get enough copies. Yeah. It looks like uh, if Gary Polson's kind of like a name mm-hmm. it, it it really was just like a wow what a what a lucky pick this yeah, was it's, true. <laughs> it's really true you know, i did have a, i i enjoyed reading it you yeah know, I, I had a good time picking yeah, it up I, bad. I do think uh i think as a kid had like this been out after i read hatchet i would have like ate it up as well mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so do you i mean what, what are your feelings about gary paulson in general i mean is it is it something that because you seem to have a lot of strong feelings about Hatchet, just when yeah. we when we talked about it all those years ago. Hatchet's my favorite character. <laughs> yes, um, but it seemed like it made a real impact on yeah, you. Yeah, know, I mean, like it stuck with you. I mean, as a kid, I mean, that was a, when we we did talked about Jack London and like White Fang, Call the Wild, My Side of the Mountain, Where the Red Fern Grows, Hatchet. Like I, as a kid, I just really liked the like boy in the wilderness stories. Yeah. as a kid, I think Hatchet is definitely like out of all those books, Hatchet is definitely like you know. It's the one that's geared to like that specific right. age. It was cool. It was it was a step because it, it's a bit more intense. I mean, he gets mauled by that moose. Yeah, at you know at that point and everything. Yeah. You can't write a survival, a kid's survival book now without some sort of yeah, person I referring mean, in many, back in to In many hatchet. ways, it kind of defined the genre. You yeah. Know, it, it took something um, for a particular age and really became the gold standard mm-hmm. for that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Just like you're saying, you can't think coming of age without thinking of this book. Yeah. Um, and I think. Outside of Hatchet, I think Brian's Winter is probably my favorite of the, the Gary Paul books that I <laughs> right, read, just yeah. because it adds that element of like cold and, and it's a little weird. And yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> that just kind of yep. happened. Yep. The and only, another universe. The only other thing that I that I've read by Gary Paulson is I remember, Tracker. Tracker. Have you, have you heard of Tracker? Mm, yeah, I have heard. It's of it. about read it. it's about a boy who is um, a hunts. tracker. Yes, mm-hmm. he hunts with his with his family, like mm-hmm. basically for survival. You know. Um, he and his grandfather do this every year, and his grandpa mm-hmm. uh, gets sick, and it sort of becomes up to him, and it becomes a little like philosophical. You know, he's trying to like I don't know. He's come to terms with his own feelings about like killing an animal and mm-hmm. like the need to survive and, mm. and what it means like to be doing that on his own instead of with his grandpa. It's very slim. It's I mean, this is really more a novella than anything right. else. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's the same. I mean, something about his writing that I think that is mm-hmm. just personal. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it feels. It feels relatable in a way that I don't often find with, um, especially like you know, young adult or junior fiction, mm-hmm. that I, I don't typically feel that way. But every every single book that I've read of his, even even this one most recent, I do sort of find that connection there. So yeah. I think that really speaks to. His I writing. mean, I was an adult five years ago when I picked up a drift, and yeah. but I picked up a drift because I thought, oh, this will yeah. be similar to Hatchet. Yep. And only just like a few months ago did I read I Am Still Alive because of hatchet Mm -hmm. so like you know 20 something years later i'm still picking books because they remind me of hatchet he did his job i guess 200 books that's so many yeah (laughs) the we uh, have so many of his other books though in our collection so like i think we have all of his hatchet books Mm -hmm. all of his brian 
the Brian saga. Yeah. yeah, but just a whole bunch of his other books. He's yep. got like this. Uh, this dog song and wood song. Those those were pretty yeah, popular. Yeah, yeah, that's recall. true. Well, thank you for introducing me to Gary Paulson. To Gary Paulson. Thanks and for Hatchet. finding this book for yeah. uh, the book club. And once you finally do the book club, you're gonna have to come back and tell us mm. how it went. Unless it went poorly, in which case we, yeah. we will never yeah, speak of this they, again. They loved it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's gonna uh, do it for our Gary Paulson spotlight. Thanks for tuning in for that. Uh, as Eric said, we have many, many of his books right here in the collection, including at least some audio and eBooks over on our digital oh, collection, man. Libby and Overdrive. So. If you're not local, you can do that, or you can go to your local library as well. What do you got? I'm looking at Woodsong, and part of me wonders if I did read it as mm. a kid. Because Pretty good reads. How, how are you ever going to know? Yeah, I I did read like some Iditarod books as a kid. Hmm. Oh my gosh, Winter Dance, another Iditarod book that he wrote, is the inspiration for the Disney movie Snow Dogs. Whoa, I don't think he wants you telling that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, as we mentioned early on, we've got several cool interviews coming up. So, Super uh, cool. A lot of episodes that I'm excited about. So keep an eye out for that. Remember to, to rate and share the podcast and all that. You can follow us on Twitter at all the book show. Tip you remember your waiters. Other, other places they can find us, Eric? Do you remember? David uh, A. Howe Library on Facebook. They can find us at Twitter. Yeah. You said that. Yeah. SoundCloud. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Twitch. We're everywhere. Yeah. All right. Goodreads? No, you, that's just the library. We do have Goodreads. a library Goodreads page. The yeah. David A. Howe yeah. Public I think, Library I mean, Goodreads. Twitter is probably the most interactive place that we have. So mm. go and find us on Twitter. <laughs> but please take a minute to uh, rate on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That's yeah. very helpful. Yeah. You All know right. what? We'll take a one star rating at this point. I would rather not. I would rather not. Just to get some feedback. I would rather not. Just be constructive with your feedback. Don't just do one star and then walk away. Do one star and then tell us how stupid our voices are. If you've got a really good one star review, I actually do want to see it. Thanks for that. These two idiots. (laughs) Be fun. (laughs) On that upbeat note, let's pack it in. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 